Hey, it's Thomas Frank. I've just got a quick note for you before we get into the show. If you've been enjoying the Inforium or my videos over on YouTube, then you, my friend, should get Nebula. On Nebula, you get ad-free versions of both this podcast and my videos, along with exclusive stuff like extended versions of those videos. And it's not just our stuff that you're going to get. Dozens of other creators are on Nebula, including Ali Abdal, Wendover Productions, Braincraft, Tier Zoo, and lots more. Nebula gives us a chance to experiment, and since everything's ad-free, it's also the best way for you to get our content. Head over to theinforium.com slash nebula to sign up now. I'm a maverick. What did you want me to do? <laughs> I could do anything at any moment. You'll never know. You'll never see it coming. Guess what, Martin? Yeah. I'm bringing the heat today. Are we bringing, bringing the heat? bringing what the heat? heat today back to the hot cinnamon Roy Boss. Has it been three minutes? Why would I know that? Because it's your job I didn't to, count. number one, read my mind when I come up with new responsibilities for you, and number two... To count in your head how long the tea's been steeping. I saw you pour it, but here's what I figured. I thought to myself, I wonder if he actually pays attention to how long that's been in or if we just kind of pour it out into the glasses whenever, when we're filming. That's what it kind of seemed like, so I just didn't bother. It depends on the tea. Give me more credit than you're giving me right now. No. Because... I'm a maverick. Wow, I do what I want. I don't have to give you credit. <laughs> You're not going to be building a whole lot of liking here, Martin. I don't care. If you want to influence my decisions, I don't know, maybe you should flatter my tea steeping abilities. That's no. all I'm trying to say. No. It's a small penance, okay? But I do want you to give me more credit because this is Roy Boss, which as you have told me many times, is not even tea. It is not. So it doesn't actually matter how long this steeps that much. I left not, this, not as much, probably, I never yeah. take this out of the pot. And also, it's so thin that like a good portion of it goes through the filter and just is in the water. Fair. Which means we're drinking it. That's fine. Yeah, it's plants. I it's like natural. plant matter. All plants are totally safe to eat. I was kidding about that. Don't take that to heart. Eat every plant. There are some unsafe plants. I'm actually going to make some tea out of the lawn. Actually. High quality tea. Uh, speaking of unsafe plants, so I, I, I told you going. about this. But I'm just going to say, I'm going to tell the story again. Uh, we put away our Christmas tree. Oh, yeah. In yeah, January yeah. this yep. year. I think last year. Well, no, last year last year we were forced to get rid of it at a good time because it was a real tree. And if you have a real tree in your apartment for too long, There's like then a, it's going to burst into flames. On January 18th, actually, to the day, the tree is guaranteed to burst into flames and burn your apartment down. Fair. So you have to get rid of it before then. Yeah. But... This year we bought a fake tree because we assumed that real trees weren't allowed. I think we may have assumed wrong because I saw some real tree trimmings in the building. I assume they're inconvenient. They're inconvenient. And the fake tree, while being more expensive than the real tree, will last us for many years. And honestly, I think it looks great. So we got that. But we took it down. And I put the chair that used to be here in the studio over in that corner. And then I was like, hmm. It's missing something. It's kind of off kilter. There's like a table. There's a, there's a lamp. There's the chair. What else should go there? And I got it in my head that I should get a plant. So I went to the plant store, which is a pretty cool plant store. And I just bought the first thing that caught my eye, basically. It was like this cool-looking tree with like a braided stem or not, like a braided trunk. And I brought it back, and I placed it there in the pot that I bought. And I had all this effort that I'd gone to, and I was so proud of it. And I sat there, and the cat jumped up. And I realized, oh no, I didn't check to see if this was poisonous to cats. And it was, yay. Good work. Yeah, so I had to go back. 
Luckily, the nice people at the plant store took my plant back and gave me a money tree, which does indeed grow money. Fair. So actually, what we don't need to do work. Money's anymore. on paper. All trees grow money. Yeah. Except for coins. Isn't it like linen you know? paper, though? I don't care. Isn't that, is that Whoa. from a tree or is Whoa. that from like a shrub? I'm not trying or? to be specific. Do you think this is about real knowledge? This is about asserting things that sound right well, you, and then going you, with it. You told me that you know about plants. I just so made up that I know I about I want to know if money actually does come from trees. Or I don't know about money. Linen comes from somewhere else. I don't know I don't about know money. The answer. I, all my money is coins, you know? Like I ain't seen Doge a paper bill in 10 years. Like Doge coins? It's something like, like that. Coins? It's all cryptocurrency Eve because coins? why not? Yeah. I like to live a volatile life. And you memorize the keys. Yeah. You don't have them written down anywhere. You don't have them stored anywhere. Mm-hmm. I just I memorize it every day. It's a great idea. Basically, I wake up and I have to recite it, and like my entire life is dependent on me remembering this 98-character string. Yeah. That's living on the edge right there. Something like that. I've started to feel like my life is um, a constant sequence of strategic placements of water. Because what is, what is strategic? I don't understand. Why, where are they strategically so it's, it's placed? It's so it's so dry here in Denver that I had to buy a humidifier. Okay, which I know you also have. I have a little tiny one. It barely does anything. Well, you still have to fill it, right? It's not like it fills itself. A little bit. Anywho, so I have the humidifier. I got the plant, and then I got one of those cool air plants that they had at that tea shop that sadly closed. Yeah. So my night routine has now come down to like a a routine of. Water the plants, fill the humidifier, fill my water bottle for the next day, fill the tea kettle, then use the tea kettle to fill the cat's water bottle or water bowl, and then go fill my guitar humidifier. Mm. There's just water. It has to go everywhere. You got a lot more complications than But I not got. like everywhere, everywhere, because I could just throw buckets of water on the living room. That would Humidifies not achieve the, floor. the same effect. It would humidify the floor, probably in a bad way. Especially since I don't have the cool floor you have. Yeah, you'll get it, though, after you ruin your floor like mine was. I will get it. It'll take a while. I get the feeling that if I do this, they're going to charge me for it. I'm sure it doesn't Whereas, cost that much. It's just a brand new floor. It is just a brand new floor. How much could it cost? It's just a floor. Yeah. Yeah. Anywho, we're coming back to our uh, Weapons of Influence series. A cool title. And what are we on? Number four? I don't fourth. I think it's the fourth. one. I don't remember. I'm pretty sure it's the fourth one because I put together the skeleton of the blog post for it this morning. Nice. Because uh, I wanted to get the sponsor text in there and everything before I go out and do whatever else I'm going to do today. Buy some stuff for a stew. And yes, it is number four. So so far we've gone through what was it? Social proof. We've gone through, boy, reciprocation, reciprocation, and commitment and consistency. Yeah, those are the first three. Uh, number four is liking. And I think this may have been my favorite chapter so far. Yeah? Yeah. I don't know why. I just liked it. I see what you did there. <laughs> I really did like it, though, um, because it it puts some science behind some things that I have wondered about for a really long time. Oh, yeah? Such as, I, I think everyone wonders this. Like when you're watching a commercial for like a car or Pepto-Bismol or I don't know, tax preparation. And then there's just a bunch of really attractive people like having fun. And they're not even really using the product sometimes. They're just kind of around it. And uh, this is something I've always wondered about. But my girlfriend is always the one who voices it because she'll be like, why is, why is, what does a car have to do with all these people at this party right now? 
And as we're going to get into in more depth later in the episode, basically it all comes down to association with people that we like. Yeah. So they don't even necessarily need to use the product. They just need to make this this perception that a car or whatever product it is, a Ninja Turtle back there is associated with people that you like. And they could be people you like because they're attractive or because they're like you or because they have some sort of association with you, whatever it may be, just building that association makes people want the product more. Yeah, those commercials are still dumb now. They are, well... No, obviously they work. Define dumb. Uh, I think they're dumb and they don't work on me. Oh, okay. But, obviously, patterns like that only emerge because they're profitable. Every time there's some stupid marketing gimmick that you're like, what's that doing? Well, it's working. Otherwise, it wouldn't be there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Uh, That actually brings up a question. When is the last time you saw a commercial? Uh, I see ads on the internet sometimes. But I mean like an honest-to-goodness commercial. I don't watch TV. Yeah. Like my mom will sometimes ask, hey, have you seen this commercial where um, this happened? Wait, no. And No, we have the Hulu without commercials. Exactly. We have the Hulu with no commercials. The commercials are stupid. Which is great. I'm so glad they finally came out with the Hulu with no commercials. We have Netflix. Uh, I have YouTube Red. And we don't have cable. So... I think the only time I see an honest-to-goodness commercial is if we're maybe at the movies and we see a trailer or, like, a a Coke commercial before the movie or if we're Um, walking downtown and we happen to see one playing on, like, one of those video billboards. Yeah, I think I've seen one from, like... I I have a distinct memory, maybe from yesterday, but who knows because my brain is a giant mess of fog and confusion. But, like, when I'm in, like, either either a mechanic place and they got the TV on. Usually I'm somewhere else waiting and there's just a TV and I'm like, oh, this is really dumb. Well, I learned a new hack. Yeah? Yep. You bring your switch to the mechanic. I don't want to do that. It'll get dirty. Can't do it. Not if you're... I'm protective of my electronics. They stay at home. Do you think that you're out there in the bay like helping the mechanic change the oil? No, I think that my switch does not leave my home. Really? You don't use the portable thing at all? Portable systems are terrible for my posture and make me feel bad. I got the oh, switch specifically I because true. I can hook it into my TV. I, I don't care about true. the portable part. I mean, it is the greatest console of all time, and yeah. I don't fault you for it not It works using for everyone, that part. you know? That's really the beauty does. of it. Yeah. It was pretty nice last night, even like without needing to take it out of the house. The portable aspect came in uh, handy last night because Anna was playing Hyper Light Drifter, oh, yeah. and I wanted to play uh, uh, a game called The End is Nigh by the same guy who made Meat Boy. Oh yeah, and I'm playing that, and it's great because I could just well, sit there. And I'm play fine it. with it when you like detach it and you can stand it up by itself because then I can put it at the right height for my yeah, head and like nice. have my neck straight and everything. Mm-hmm. I, but I just started Pokemon Ultra Sun, and like I'm playing That's it because though, I right? yeah I will sacrifice my health a little bit to play through it. But like I really don't like playing portable can systems you... anymore. They're bad for my posture. Can you get a controller for the DS? I don't know. I bet you can. I'm not aware of that. I don't know. I bet Anytime there's like... Anytime I've looked for stuff, and I'm not going to like hack into it. I've seen the grips, at least. Well, yeah, but my thing is that my hands oh, have to be way up here by my eyes. Yeah. I want my neck and my arms to be in reasonable positions. That makes sense. And it's it's well, hard to accomplish when the screen is connected to the keyboard. Yeah, it makes sense. Well, when the next Pokemon comes out for the Switch, yeah, then all your problems will be solved. Yes, it will. Hopefully. It'll be beautiful. And I I have high hopes that it's going to be great and amazing. All right, 
Um, so what yeah, are anyway. some of the standouts from this chapter? Or I guess this was meant to be your series in the first place. So so break down um, liking here. Okay, well, they open the chapter with an example of this car salesman dude who's like the best car salesman ever, was in the Guinness Book of World Records for it. It's Joe something, I can't remember um, his last name. Joe Girard. That's right, yep. Looks like. And uh, basically, he would always just say his secret was that he gave the customers somebody they like and a decent price. So yeah. he just gets them to like him, and that's basically the secret. And that's it. That's it. It's that simple. And ridiculously enough, he was sending out every single month a holiday uh, postcard for various holidays, a different one every one, every 12 months or every one month, 12 times a year. Yeah. I'm confusing myself because I can't think of every holiday that he possibly could have been sending them for. That's what I was but thinking. Clear, but it said he specifically was sending one every yeah. month. So clearly there was some sort of... Happy Flag Day, I guess. I don't have any idea. Well, you could do you could do New Year's Day. Yeah. For February, you could do Valentine's, I suppose. For, for March, you could do and Easter sometimes, maybe? Sometimes you Doesn't could, that move around? I don't really do understand Patties. that one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I forgot about that. April is often Easter. Otherwise, I have no idea what's in April. April Fool's Day. Uh, and on April Fool's Day, that he sends a be, card that says, I hate you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because the other text on that thing, it's just the holiday greeting, and then it just says, I like you. Yep. That's it. Yeah, that's literally. No, I think what it said is the front said, I like you. And then in the card, he had written some personal message every time. Oh, no, I actually don't think it said that. Wait, oh, did it not say that? No. I could have glossed over it. And I remember the, I, I don't know, my memory of it was that it said, I like you on the front, and then he wrote some message each time. But that doesn't make sense to me because it's well, 13,000 right, people. Well, yeah, right here it says, it had a holiday greeting and then just the words, I like you. That's it. Oh, okay. It was literally so didn't even try. Or was, it, was it automated? I don't think it's specified. The one cool thing that I took from that and from the chapter in, in general was that people often know when you're trying to get them to like you. And as long as you're good enough at it, they don't care. Oh, yeah. Kind of like the social proof thing. Like people... No, like you're aware that the you're laugh being track manipulated. is real. Yeah, it doesn't work. But it you're still kind of like, I still like this. You know about the glitches <laughs> in your brain, but your brain is still your brain. Mm-hmm. You didn't suddenly surpass human intelligence just because you're aware of dumb things you do. Yeah, well, I started to notice things um, after reading the chapter, and a lot of times I'm just like, I don't, I don't actually care that much. Well, sometimes, like in the case that maybe he was giving you the best price. Yeah, he in which case. Been. Go ahead and manipulate me, I guess. If it's a good deal, then it's a good deal. It's what I wanted. And I mean, that's the thing. Everyone wins. With a car, I'm going to do my research. I mean, we we have a two-part episode series on how to buy a car. So there's a whole like bunch of information about how to do that. But part of it actually does come down to, do I like the salesman? And I think that applies to a lot of different businesses, not just cars. Yeah. Like, I'm going to go to the place that I like. And... If there was somebody at GameStop that I really liked, I would probably go buy games there every time. Well, yeah. And I wouldn't and I mean, order like, them online. I get my groceries at Whole Foods. Why? Not because I think Whole Foods is necessarily the best, but because I like it enough and mm-hmm. I completely despise the other grocery store near us because it is terrible. Mm-hmm. So I actually started becoming familiar with some of the cashiers there. Yeah. So, so it's like, well, now, now I'm used to it. Now I want to do it. If I pay a few extra dollars for the, you know, overall, I don't really care. Maybe there's better college success information out there, but people somehow like our show because we drink good tea. I don't know. That's probably it. Because we talk about Pokemon sometimes. Maybe. That's probably the real reason. 
That is the real reason. Though that got me thinking about the association principle. The one the one thing about this series is I realize like in talking about it, we we educate our listeners to pick out the things that may be compliance tactics within our own business. I didn't do them on purpose. What, the compliance tactics? If if I'm doing anything, it's an accident. Oh, I trust me. I had beakers and test tubes and I had like Bayesian statistical models. And I was like, all right, which amiibo would be the most effective amiibo to put on the shelf back there to get the most sales for the products that we don't sell? Yeah. <laughs> Good work. I certainly didn't buy the Waluigi because you like Waluigi. And I certainly didn't buy the Wario because he's, he's you, purple. He's because you hate Wario. I'm more, I'm more okay with him in that form. I'm okay with the classic warrior. Wait, in, you know? What form do you not like him in? The biker form? Stupid biker fart joke form. <laughs> that's the, that's the Which best is form. dumb because well, I like WarioWare a lot as a game. <laughs> but mostly when when it started becoming a move in Smash, I was just like, this is too much. This is too you, much. You know I only like it because you hate it. Yeah. <laughs> just like our friend Clyde is only Clyde because he hated the name Clyde. Oh, see, this is actually more association. You like this because you associate it with trolling me. Yes, there it you is. go. <laughs> that, that's actually very true. I don't actually like a that Wario psychologically guy. manipulated you. Yeah, exactly. When I played Smash before, I discovered that you have an annoyance with Wario. I think I played like Diddy Kong and Samus pretty much all yeah, the time, and then true. I was like, "Wait a minute, I have to get good as Wario." Um, though I did learn that. Unfortunately, in in Mario Kart, Wario is pretty much the best character. So oh yeah, it kind of works out. You're, you're getting like the best combination. You're a cheater, but I'll still beat you anyway. You don't beat me every time. Not every time because every you're a time. cheater with like the legitimate, statistically best. Am I setup. a cheater or am I just? You looked explo- it up. You told me you looked it up. You cheated. I, I did look it up. That's cheating. That's not cheating. <laughs> it's just that's just. I could look up the best answers too. You know, it's, it's but I pick people because I like them only. Okay. But let me put this on the table. I've won with Wario, but I've also won with Baby Mario. I don't remember this. <laughs> of course, you don't remember it. <laughs> well, actually, I, re- I legitimately don't. Why would you log away your defeats? I legitimately don't remember it, but I'm going to choose to disbelieve it, even though it's likely that I just don't remember it, because why would I? I think you, me, and Ashley put like 80 hours into Mario Kart over however yeah, I don't long remember we were all playing of them. it. So there were a lot of matches. But there were definitely matches where I won, even when you were using your legit combo. But there were also many matches where we both decided to make something stupid, like a car made entirely out of bones, with bones driving it, or the most metal car possible, the most dragon car possible. So those could have also accounted. Anyway, I feel like we're talking a lot about association. Yeah, anyway. So let me break that down after you... There are a bunch of lists here. Yeah. How many are there? One, two, three, four... Five, five different types of things that social psychologists found. Mm-hmm. And so we don't have to do them in order. So we can talk about association first. But overall, we've got association, the physical attractiveness, similarity, compliments, and uh, contact, familiarity, and cooperation. Yeah. And the contact one, I think, is really interesting because there was a lot of nuance to it. Yeah, when they were talking about that one, um, that one was so big that I was I was confused. I was like, did I go into the next chapter? Because this part's been mm-hmm. going on for a while, comparatively. Yeah, it was really big. It had a lot to it. Um, but I want to talk about association because I think yeah. we've been talking about this a lot. So, the interesting thing is that 
there's a lot of social capital that gets tacked on to you simply being associated with something, either negative or positive. Yeah. And I found this really interesting um, because he talked about how like weathermen get blamed for the weather. Oh, yeah, one of them was getting death threats. I feel so bad. And then the dude for in the weather bar was like, you sent a tornado to mess up my house. Yeah, I'm going to punch was- you. <laughs> I love how the guy's just like, yeah, and if you don't back off, I'm going to send another one. Like that doesn't even <laughs> it doesn't even make any sense, but people mm-hmm. were still blaming him. Yeah. And it was talking about how in the days of the Persian Empire, the whoever was selected to be mm. the messenger to go back to the royal court and talk about a military um conquest or victory or defeat. Yeah. If it was a victory, the messenger would be given a feast and would be given as you know as many women as he wanted and all this kind of stuff, and if it was a defeat, the messenger was executed. Yeah, so yeah, that can't have probably been a fun where thing the whole to say. don't shoot the messenger thing came from, but it was weird. And the same thing is true of weathermen. Like, they're not controlling the weather. And I think that anybody who thinks about it for more than three seconds realizes that the weatherman, number one, doesn't control the weather. That would be a wizard. Yeah. Who you will find in a tower in a valley somewhere, probably. Uh, and number two, they can't even predict it. With 100% accuracy. And they say as much. And a lot of know? what they say is just coming from other people telling them what to say. Exactly. Like machines and data. Like, it's not... Yeah. They didn't just... Mm, what is the weather tomorrow? Well, Cloudy? That's probably why they didn't get it right. They yeah. didn't charm enough snakes. Okay, fair. Also, we all know that if it rains more than we expect, it is, in fact, Obama's fault. Oh, no. So... He's still messing up the weather. He's still messing. Oh. The, <laughs> he's still messing the weather up. <laughs> but yeah, and um, it even happens with like, like the phone call example. They did this experiment where uh, like fifty percent of the people had to go tell a classmate about a phone call, but they were told that it was a negative thing, and then the other fifty percent were told to go tell a classmate about a phone call they needed to take, but it was going to be positive news, and the ones who were who were delivering uh, the news of a positive phone call would say, hey, there's a phone call waiting for you. It's great news. Yeah. Whereas the ones who were delivering one that was negative would just say, it's a phone call for you. And they would try to distance themselves. Yeah, I would definitely be like, so this dude has informed me <laughs> that you have a phone call. I don't know what it's about. He said yeah. it. Yeah, exactly. Go hate him. So when it's good news or when there's a victory or something like that, people have a tendency to attach themselves to the thing I don't know, because they feel like it's going to confer some prestige upon them. And then if it's bad, they will try to distance themselves. Even though logically, there's no real connection. There's no real fault either way. And see, that part is really clear to me when they gave the sports example, which I've always known and Mm -hmm. been like, yep, yep, we won. I'm sure you did a lot of work. Yeah, we won. You helped so much from your living room. I I did help a lot. But it's because you're like I want to associate myself with victory because then you'll like me more because that means I'm kind of victorious in some way some way yeah maybe and then and then people won't use the the pronoun we as much if if their team lost they'll be like yeah they lost and one of their examples was a a guy in their experiment saying yeah they cost us our opportunity to hit mm-hmm. the championships that there's a clear disconnect there you're not you're not involved in one of them but somehow you're involved in the championship yeah that really opened my eyes to why like soccer riots happen. Yeah. Because before I had I could not fathom why people would get so worked up over a soccer game. It's their identity. Or, they sorry, think they think game. they lost. Mm-hmm. 
And apparently it, their self-worth is tied up in that for some reason. It's dangerous to tie your self-worth into basically anything. Mm-hmm. So, And I'm not a huge sports fan. There you go. So I've never really identified with that particular example. But when I was reading that, I thought about um, Standard Broadcast, which is the... I don't know what to call them. They're, they act as the advertising agency that gets us our sponsorships. So... Any of the sponsorships you hear on our podcast or my videos, they come from Standard. But Standard is also more than just an ad agency because they have a studio they're building and they have a lot of resources for creators that are part of the part of the. I don't know if it's like a team or whatever you call it, but they do a lot more than just get ads for their creators. So because of that, and because we have a Slack team where we're all talking all the time, I have this tendency to say we when I'm talking about Standard, even though like I'm not actually a part of standards business i'm a client of standard Mm. but for some reason i want to say we and i I think it's because like standard is doing really well and i think it's also because we're in slack and talking all the time but because they're doing really well there may be that unconscious tendency to say we oh yeah i'm on a winning team yeah that feels good and i'm wondering like i don't know if standard did something really stupid next week or for some reason the business were to fail, would I say that we failed? Or would I start naturally saying, up oh, standard actually failed or or standard did something stupid? Yeah. And I I want to be able to say that I would be consistent, but when I honestly query my brain on this, I think I would start to say they if it were negative. It would. It wouldn't even be on purpose. It would just happen. Yeah. It's just. It's like my natural response. Like most of these are kind of an instinct. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And the book talked about how um, they did this research on seven different campuses and found that if their football team won on a Saturday, then the following Monday, way more people were wearing sports apparel for that team. Yeah. And if it was like a heavy victory, then even more people were wearing it. Yeah. And then if it was a loss, then far fewer people were wearing it. So that was pretty interesting. Yeah. And, and it also mentioned that, like, if people had recently been successful themselves, they were less likely to. Yeah. Like, if your sports team lost, but you had just succeeded at something and you felt good about yourself, you were less likely to avoid saying, yeah, we lost this time. Mm-hmm. But it's not a big deal because I just got like a triple A plus on that test. Like you, you don't care as yeah. much when you have your own accomplishments or you're happy with your life at that moment you Mm -hmm. don't need to associate as much so like often an association is just basically a way to it's it's bolstering your own self yeah when you you feel if you feel lacking you don't have to even feel bad necessarily but if you feel particularly good you won't need as much association to bring your self-worth up right yeah exactly um and i want to actually want to talk about how like businesses do this and so literally what i did this morning because uh, it's tough for me to find time to read and I like to move a lot. I ended up just buying the book on Audible. Okay. I, I've done this many times and I just finished the chapter on Audible. But literally as I was listening to the bid on association, I was in the grocery store buying that squeeze bottle I showed you earlier. And look at the receipt. Do you Broncos. notice anything? In, yeah. King, the grocery King store. King Supers, Bronco. Did you know that King Supers actually... All their employees play for the Broncos. All of them do, yeah. That's how come that's on there. Yeah, for people listening to this, uh, and actually I don't think anyone watching can even see the receipt because we're far from the camera, at the top of the receipt, there is the logo of our grocery store, which is called King Supers, and then right next to it, same size, is the Broncos logo. Yeah, same size. Hometown grocer, hometown team, 
right at the top. So they're clearly, number one, that hometown grocer line is saying, we're your hometown grocer. So it's an association based on residents. Now, are, are they... There are more outside of here, right? Aren't there, there more? Are, I, is I, it is it from here? Is it like King Supers is from here? Okay. Now I don't know because it's they, owned by like um, Kroger, owns the bigger them. one that's everywhere, yeah. right? So, yes, on that level, King Supers is anything but your hometown grocer because they are owned by Kroger, and Kroger is like the eleventh biggest company in the U.S. or something like that, and they own they own like most big grocery chains that you see. Like, grocery chains are usually regional, but Kroger owns a good portion of them. Yeah. Not Hy-Vee, though. That's because Hy-Vee's, Hy-Vee's better. Hy-Vee's pretty great. I, I will it. give you that. I don't know if they own Wegmans either, but I think they own Safeway. They definitely own King Supers. And then there's lots of Kroger stores as well. So um, they're definitely not home team. But they're also clearly associating themselves with the sports team. Now, I would wonder, number one, I, I think we're in the football season right now. Again, this this shows my ignorance. I don't know. This shows my ignorance. And all the sports fans out there are going to like us less because we're disassociated from uh, sports. If it helps, Oops. I like hockey and I watch the World Cup, but I don't know anything about f- like American football seasons. I have no idea. I like skateboarding and skiing and figure skating, so I'm just disassociated I can from Associate sports. me with sports you like, but yeah. don't associate me with sports you don't like. I do like basketball. I like playing it. I just recently started doing that again. Yeah, yeah, so basketball is cool. But I would wonder, do they have smart marketing people at Kroger who might take the Broncos logo off the receipts if the Broncos were doing horrible? I would love to see that. Like, now we have to follow the football so that we can go buy buy King Super stuff at the the same time. This is the problem because I shop at Whole Foods. I would have to start shopping at King Supers more often, and I would also have to start following the Broncos. Yeah, this is a lot of effort, but it's you know that I don't want to do uh anybody else in denver you know just like <laughs> let us know there we go yeah if you're in denver if they lose a game does if, it still if the broncos that? are doing bad is that logo still on your king supers receipt i would love to know if that is the case or not anyway because we're still using my backup camera oh yes we have never we have not yet fixed the streaming camera oh, i gotta get up and turn off the camera and turn it back on once again so we are going to quickly go to our ad break and i will see you in just a few seconds This week's episode is sponsored by Brilliant, which is a learning platform that helps you learn science, math, and computer science in a very active and efficient way. So the thing about most traditional learning, like sitting in classrooms or watching lectures online, is that it's passive to begin with. There may be challenges down the line, there may be homework, but a lot of the times when you start a class, you're just kind of sitting there passively intaking the material. And Brilliant is different because they immediately throw you into challenges that give you a reason to really want to dig in and focus intensely on what you're learning. They've got courses in things like calculus, in physics, in uh, gravity, and things like computer science algorithms and machine learning, uh, logic courses, and in all these, you're given challenges to solve right away. Uh, I was taking their computer science fundamentals course and it threw me right into figuring out insertion sort algorithms right away, figuring out the, the worst case, the best case, all that kind of stuff. And I remember learning about these algorithms in college, but sitting there just kind of being completely puzzled about them and not really having a reason to dig really deep right away. Whereas with this course I'm taking on Brilliant, I had a question and I failed it and I really wanted to know why I failed it. So I had to read into their wikis and their documentation and in way less time than I thought I would take, I had a really solid understanding of exactly how insertion 
sort worked. And that is exactly how all of their courses work. They also have, like I said, a really detailed wiki. So any concept that you're talking or that you're looking at uh, on a problem or trying to figure out, you can uh, you can drill into and you can learn about in detail and then come back to solve the problems. And they also have an excellent community where you can get feedback from other learners. You can ask questions. Uh, you can challenge each other. It's all about digging in, actively learning, and making that learning process a lot more efficient. So if you want to get Brilliant a try, start learning for free today and support this show. You can go over to brilliant.org slash college info geek. And if you're among the first 200 people to do that, you'll also get 20% off of your annual subscription. Big thanks to Brilliant for sponsoring this episode and let's get back into it. And we're back. And Martin has just uh, informed me helpfully that we've only covered one of these. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, let's get into the other four. Yeah, but that's association. And I just, to wrap that one up, I want to mention that People don't only associate themselves with things because they want to bolster their own self-worth. But as we can see from the King Supers example, and as much as it makes me feel uncomfortable to admit this, like from maybe our backdrop here, we associate <laughs> Law, we're ourselves nerds. with things. Do yeah. you like it? LOL, look how nerdy we are and look how relatable we are, fellow kids. I mean, it's all true, though. So it's not. It is true. And know, I still it's not skateboard. Like we're fake about it. I probably skateboard more than most people listening to this. Though not in the winter, unfortunately. I need to find an indoor skate park. That's an idea. That'd be cool. Yeah, and I actually have seen some on Google Maps. I just haven't gone to them yet. Going to do that. All right, enough about association. What else should we talk about here? All right, uh, let's get, here's a simple one. Physical attractiveness. And this seems pretty obvious. This is the uncomfortable one, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, it's interesting because, uh, one... They talk about it being an example of a halo effect because mm -hmm. uh, basically once you see that they're attractive, you assume everything else about them is good and you are blind. They are now an angel and you think they're smarter. Mm -hmm. You think that they're good people. You think they're more trustworthy, even if you have no reason to believe any of these things. So yeah. that's that's un that's an unfortunate advantage and disadvantage for, you know, people on either side of that spectrum, wherever they feel that way. Yeah. Um, but I thought it was interesting. They went out and found a bunch of stuff. People get the attractive people in political races. They get more votes. They and get people were like super adamant that that, that oh didn't, yeah uh, that it didn't influence their decision. But then when you look at the data, it definitely does. Yeah, like people will be like, I would never think about how attractive they were when I voted. But mm -hmm. then like that's how the statistics line up. And then they would get lighter sentences when they were being yeah. charged for crimes, which is just a terrible thing. Yeah, that one's pretty awful. That's it was like. Uh, double the the top fine for people that were considered the less attractive if there was a victim and a perpetrator and mm -hmm. the perpetrator was more attractive he'd get a, a lighter fine but if he was the less attractive one and he was he was hurting that a nice attractive person double the fine it was just statistically that's pretty bad yeah that's no good and uh the one only exception I... is if you view them as a like a rival yeah then you're like, like get out of here attractive dude i'm trying to look cool and the other thing I found is that the effect was universal across both genders. So yeah, yeah. So like, if, it even wasn't if even like, like you're a guy and I'm a guy and I'm it, a straight it guy. It didn't demand it still works. that you're attracted to them in yeah. that way. It just you're just, just aware that they're attractive. And I don't know what their what their standards are for physical attractiveness. Maybe it's like studies where people just rate faces. Yeah, or something I, I believe like that. they had they had the people rated. That's right, yeah. Separately. Otherwise, that would be like, well, I'm the observer. I'm the scientist. Mm -hmm. And I think they're attractive. That wouldn't be very fair. I remember writing an article about the halo effect probably four years ago at this point. Uh, but it's still on College Info Geek. And we'll have it in the show notes. 
and I talked about this particular thing because in uh, Thinking Fast and Slow, Kahneman talked about how physical attractiveness is actually part of the halo effect, and that's unfortunate, but you can say, all right, well, if I don't feel that I'm as physically attractive as somebody else, it's not fair, and I'm going to be at a disadvantage true, I guess, to some scientific objective degree. But first and foremost, there are other factors that we can talk about here. Yeah, and you could wear some dope clothes. And that's the other thing. Like, whatever you view yourself as in terms of physical attractiveness, there are variables that you have control over. And not even limiting that to the way you dress and your hygiene and your physical health, um, your physical attractiveness is going to also have I mean, your perception in the, mind, in the mind of others of your physical attractiveness is going to be changed by the way you act yeah so if you smile if you're positive if you're funny if you're engaging and you listen to people people will rate you as more attractive than if you come off as bitter or if you come off as really shy as kind of oh, um, yeah. aloof or something like that well it's almost so, like if you're confident they assume there's a good reason for it yeah exactly which you know what maybe that maybe i could think about a way that makes sense to something in this book i'm sure it does but I don't exactly know. yeah your attitude actually plays a big role in your attractiveness so i think a lot of times when we look at studies like this it becomes really easy to decide up front on a definition of what something like say physical attractiveness is and then go from there, look at the results, and make a decision like, oh, that's not fair, or I guess I missed out on the boat on that one, when in fact, attractiveness itself is a variable thing that means yeah. different things to different people and has a lot of different factors that go into it. So we can say it's uncomfortable because it is from like an egalitarian aren't always nice, you know, they're view. just numbers. But it is, yeah, one, it's reality, and two, there's a lot of it that you do have but. control over. Yeah, and it's not the only one of these factors or the only factor of the halo effect, so. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we should define the halo effect, like, straight up. I don't know if we did that yet. Uh, No. No, okay. I did not. Actually, this is the first time that the name the halo effect ever made sense to me. When I read this, I was like, oh, it, because before I was just thinking about good and bad things, but when I think specifically about good things overcrowding the rest with a halo, it makes yeah. sense. Mm-hmm. So let's break it down just real quick. Um. Basically, what first impressions last? Yeah, what's, like what's a smarter way to say that? First impressions, or I guess the best way that I would put it is, the halo effect is when a split second first impression will color people's impressions of later things you do. Yeah. Um, my favorite example of this is a study that was conducted a while back where they had uh, one group of participants rating the character of i think it was some guy named bob and bob's qualities were listed in a certain order and at the top it was like honest integ uh, you know honest uh hardworking, truthful but also envious and a little greedy and sometimes lazy i can't remember the exact qualities because i just realized lazy is the opposite of hardworking. but there were three good ones and then three bad ones and the other group of participants were asked to rate somebody else who had the exact same qualities, but they were flipped. So they saw envious and a little lazy or something like that first. And their overall impressions when asked were much more negative than the first group's impressions of Bob. So it's literally just ordering. So when you walk up on stage, if you walk up there confidently, if you're dressed in a suit, if your hair is nicely designed or styled, then that's going to set the impression that's going to color people's um, judgment of the talk you gave, for example. 
Yeah. Actually, because of that ordering there, if you feel you're lacking in any good things that might help the halo effect and you've got some bad qualities, just try to make a point to take whatever good ones you have and put them first. So how would you do that? I don't know, but if you don't think you're attractive, but you think you're hilarious, you start everything off with something funny. That way mm-hmm. they don't even have a chance there you go. to focus on how hideous you are. <laughs> you just show up wearing a luchador mask? Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Well, there you go. Perfect. I'm going to be like, that's it. Nailed it. That's cool. You're brave. I like it. <laughs> I already like it. Batman costume. They're my First friend. date. That would be interesting. Show up for a first date in a Batman costume. I mean, it's a way to distract from your flaws. If you're just like, I think that I'll catch him off guard and it's going to be funny. I don't I know wanna, if it'll work, but I like it. I want to set up a Tinder profile where all the pictures are just me in a Batman costume. Yeah. Normal description, but just no normal pictures. Just all Batman costumes. That sounds like an interesting experiment. It would be an interesting experiment. Um, but yeah, there's physical attractiveness, halo effect. It's honestly, it's one of the more easy to understand because we yeah. all kind of inherently see this happen. Yeah, okay. It's, it's lame, but we see it all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so another one is similarity. We also see that all the time, and it's also particularly yeah. lame. But we like people better when they seem similar to us, mm-hmm. either the way they dress, their vernacular, the way they speak, their dialect and accent, um, their appearance, their where they're from. That's a yeah. big one. You're from the same hometown as me. You're pretty awesome. That doesn't, you know, who else is like thousands of people. Yep, and they're they're all kind of the same. I don't, yeah, it doesn't really matter that much. I mean, but it's all the like same. But just because you're from the same geographical area doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be better friends. Yeah, and then like interests else. and hobbies and and all those things. So mm-hmm. therefore, if you like these nerdy things and you so associate yeah, us the with them. You're associating us with something you find similar to you, which yeah. is doubly, doubly good. Yeah, and I do want to point out, like, I built my set with stuff I like, so... Yeah. But it, it I honestly <laughs> think... We should build one that's specifically, like, how manipulative can we make the backdrop and just put, <laughs> like, statistically, try to put as much popular stuff back here as we can. We got Google Trends open. Yeah. What's trendy right now? That would be, it's just, like, fidget I, spinners I and minions. I, I think that's ended... <laughs> I don't. I think if we had fidget spinners and minions in the background, <laughs> either this podcast would go down in flames hard, or <laughs> I, I would think it was we funny. would attract a really sarcastic audience that That's would love fine. it. I would like which it. Which would be really funny. I don't even know what's trendy right now. I don't know. Like, hopefully, this podcast. So, if I were to log into YouTube, not logged in, I would see trends. But I never do that. So, my YouTube homepage is nothing but cooking videos right now. Hmm. That's it. And I don't think cooking is trendy. It's just my interest right now. So yeah, I don't know. I have forgotten what's trendy, but I like Scott Pilgrim and I like One Piece and I like Zelda and I like Nerf guns. So there you go. That's what's on my backdrop. But yeah, it is true that people who have similar interests are probably going to gravitate to this kind of a podcast more than they will if I had a backdrop full of, I don't know, whiskey bottles or something. Yeah, I can't, it's hard for me to even think of that anything would send on the, the wrong spot. Message. I just have no idea. Yeah. Or I don't know, old guitar pedals or like Jimi Hendrix posters or something. Yeah, the vibe now I'm would thinking be completely of like the, different. We could do, we could do, um, actually, I don't even want to say this as a joke because I know that cynical publishers trying to make a show for students would do this. Oh, no. If I was like 40 and super cynical and was trying to be relatable to the kids... And I was making a college <laughs> show. Up, kid? I would have your ubiquitous Bob Marley poster in the background. 
I would have your John Belushi with the college sweater in the background, which is kind of hilarious because like Animal House is old. Like I don't, I've never seen it. I've never seen it. And I highly doubt that most people younger than us have actually seen Animal House. Yet for some reason, John Belushi with that stupid sweater is still on sale at every college poster sale I've ever seen. Hmm. And I don't get it because those, the Blues Brothers is a better movie. If you want a John Belushi movie, that's the one you should be watching. I've only not partially seen that. I mean, it's not like Animal House is a bad movie, but come on. The Blues Brothers is it's the best. Something yeah, like that. Something like that. But I have always thought, and I've talked about this on various business podcasts I've been on, that I do think that part of the reason that my channel initially succeeded is that I wasn't just on a white background or a gray background or whatever talking about study tips in a very clinical fashion. Yeah. I built a set that had a bunch of my nerdy interests kind of strewn about. And then um, in my writing, even I would make analogies to video games or analogies and references to movies I like. And I think that that kind of exploits the similarity principle. And it's not necessarily that we're doing it like on purpose, but yeah, I think because the only we're way... interested in those things, we're going to attract the people who are interested in those things. I think and the they're going to be more receptive to the message. Came off disingenuous too much. Yeah, you know, like if I was reading through a textbook and it had stupid meme faces in there when it was talking about something, I'd be like, "Yeah, I see what you're doing, and it's terrible. <laughs> just don't even yeah. do this to me." You can go too far if it's too blatantly obvious. You're just trying to be cool. I almost wonder if similarity is the one principle here that is most likely to turn people off. If it's oh, like, fake. yeah, like backfire if you yeah. go too far. Because like. I think people will catch if you compliment them fakely, but they may still enjoy it. Oh, yeah. It even says that. Like they, you, you know, that car still thing, works. I like you. Yeah, you like my money, but I'm still kind of impressed that well, you sent me a, a card every single month for 12 months. But yeah. if someone was like, hey, Tom, I also love skateboarding and I love guitar. And guess what? I love every one of the recent things you tweeted about. And or it's like in Scott Pilgrim. I don't do drugs. Unless, of course, you do drugs, in which case I do every single one of them all the time. Yeah. Like, that turns people off pretty quick. So that may be the case where, like, trying to exploit that is a very fine line. Like, it, it'll seem lame fail. faster. Yeah. yeah you're not going to seem genuine. Genuine. Yeah. All right. So we had, was that? Uh, Similarity. Association. Yeah, we, we got compliments. That's, that's actually a really quick one. People like it when you compliment them. And, in yeah. fact, it was talking about how... Even if it's a blatantly untrue compliment, people will still believe it more than likely if it's a if it's a compliment. Whereas if you say something fake and it's not true or true, it's more honest. But when it's a compliment, they just go, oh, yeah, I am pretty smart about that, aren't I? Yeah. And then they like you anyway, even if it's very blatant that you're lying. By the way, I really like your opera voice. Oh, thank you. I like uh, it a lot. I do got one, but I'm not going to do it on this <laughs> mic. It's going to... It's gonna, it's going to peak. Me. Everybody's going to hate me if I do yep. that. Just imagine that I do have one. <laughs> if we did captions for this show, I would just have opera sing. Yeah. Just <laughs> written down at the bottom. Like you're clearly not even singing. You're just sitting there calmly. But it's just oh, yeah. well, loud opera I don't have to try. I can just sort of look like I'm talking and then the opera voice comes out. It's true. Yeah. You have that innate ability to look like you're casually talking but actually be eclipsing Pavarotti in your yeah. grandioseness of your opera singing voice. And yeah. that I like about you. I just I like it a lot. It's great. Good. By the way, um, I'm going to have to cut your pay. Are you okay with that? <laughs> uh, 
Uh, yeah, you like me, so I trust that deal. Exactly. It's a good idea. We were talking about that in the car yesterday, too, weren't we? Like, oh, I got to cut your pay, but don't worry, because uh, our company now has free kombucha, and um, we're going to go to the zoo once a month. Yeah, joke's on you. I'm going to drink so much kombucha that it actually loses you money. It's like $2,000. I'm going to make myself sick every day drinking kombucha just, just to make you lose money off of that deal. The cheapest kombucha at it's Whole gonna, Foods it's gonna be that a lot. <laughs> is like, I think it's three dollars and fifty cents. I'm gonna have to drink a lot for twelve ounces. You probably get a good deal when you get it on tap too. So we, you probably do get a good deal when you get it on tap. Yeah. So in order to Drinks not give you a good deal, I'm going to do. I'm gonna buy it bottled. Uh, More environmental waste. But it's all in the name of exploitation. Okay, fair. <laughs> um, so yeah, there's the compliments, which is just just you know, it's pretty obvious. Ooh, before we move on from that, I do want to oh, mention you got a something. good example. Not example. Um, I just want to mention that again. I have to reiterate this every single time we do an episode on weapons of influence. These are not inherently bad. You want people to like you. Like, there's nothing I wrong. I don't. With I'm that. a loner. I mean, if I'm selling something that is obviously a scam and then I'm trying to make you like me to sell that, okay, now I'm an exploitative bad person. But you want to make, everyone wants to make friends. Everyone wants to have a successful business or do well in their job. And clearly, being liked is an integral part of that. Yeah. So I suppose that you shouldn't just take away from this episode uh, that you should be on the, your guard and, you know, not like people when you think they're trying to get something from you. In fact, the end of the chapter literally said, don't try to pick out things people are trying to do to make you like them at first. Yeah. Just like them. And then when they pitch you um, or they want a favor from you, then ask yourself, would I do this if I didn't really like this person? Yeah. Like that, that's the secret. Isn't it? It isn't just yeah. to be like, Oh, you're naturally likable. Well, I hate you. Exactly. Yeah. You're just trying to trick me. And if you were trying, you know, if you were trying to like date around and find a good relationship, you're not going to do too well for yourself if you're constantly like, oh, did you just compliment me? Do you like me? Yeah. You're a fake. And then you, what? You only date people that hate you. That's not going to work out. Yeah. I definitely pulled out all the stops to make Anna like me before we started dating. Yeah. So if she was like, you're psychologically <laughs> manipulating me, exactly. it would just, it would just not be the right. You just got to, yeah. would I still do this? Mm-hmm. And, and it doesn't mean that I was like know, being a fake person, but I'm going to go and give compliments and I'm going yeah. to like do a lot of things to try to build that relationship. I think that's what everyone does. And that brings me to my point that I want to make. Don't just take away from this episode that people can manipulate you with liking. Take away from this episode that maybe you could do some things that you're not doing right now that would make people like you more. Like that Joe Girard guy sending cards every month. You don't got to send a greeting card every month to make people like you, but when's the last time you called your friend that you haven't talked to in a few months who doesn't yeah. live around you? Maybe you should just like text them out of the blue. I don't know. Oh, yeah. I like you love that. texting nonsense to our friends that don't live in Denver. Oh, yeah. And that yeah. just kind of keeps that relationship alive. Yeah. You know? That's, you know, when I just think of them, I just text them nonsense, even if it's just their name, even if it's a remixed version of that Dreidel song. Where, Nothing wrong with that. Where it, I then tell them that I pray to them, and it's a weird text, and they're like, okay, <laughs> hello. <laughs> and that's not necessarily a compliment, but you're at least giving them attention. I'm, I'm telling them the like compliment me. is that I thought of them, even though I am like a billion miles away. Yes. And also that I'm still weird, but that's what they want. Exactly. So even if it's something as small as making sure to call people on their birthday, how many people actually do that? 
Yeah. Maybe you could do that. You know what I don't like? Is that light. It's always going off. That light is always going off. I did order a new one, but apparently it's a really popular light and it's on back order. So oh. we're not going to get it until Fair. early to mid-February. Okay, so th- yeah. this last section is... Uh, honestly, I, I thought this section was really interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, was the contact and cooperation. Uh, contact also yeah. familiarity. Mm-hmm. Not, not like I contact you all the time, but we're in contact frequently enough that you're familiar and comfortable around me. Yeah. So I thought this section was really interesting. And uh, one example it gave that is for the familiarity thing is if you take a picture of yourself and then you reverse it, you flip it over like a mirror, and then you decide which which picture do you like better, and then you ask your friends which ones do they like better, you'll probably pick different ones because you see yourself in the mirror, but they see you the other way. So mm-hmm. you just you like the one you see often better. That one and got to me. That's a really weird, like, oh, you're right. My hair is totally backwards to what I prefer it as all the time. Yep. That one really got to me because in making my thumbnails for YouTube, sometimes I will decide that, oh, I think the text would be better on this side of me than this side. But that would, like, sometimes it requires flipping myself around and I'll try it and I'll never, I will never accept it because it looks really weird to me. Yeah. But then I read that and I thought, oh, maybe people wouldn't actually care. I bet you everyone besides me would think it looks normal or they wouldn't even notice uh, yeah. it. But yeah. But because if you it's put it in a certain direction, especially to. your hair. Yeah. And I, I was kind of confused about that because I think the camera films us the way that other people see us, doesn't it? Unless it flips it. I don't, I, know. I don't see why it would flip it. Well, now you got me all confused. I'm questioning it. I am also questioning it. I feel it. Also, like I know that when I look at it on the screen there, I'm pretty sure that it's actually backwards to what we see on YouTube. Because on YouTube, I'm always on the left. But in looking at the screen right there, I, you're I feel on the like left this right question now. should be easy, but now that so many things have been presented, I have no idea how to, to figure it out. It's one of those confusing so things. So I give up. <laughs> Something's backwards. Maybe yep. you're backwards in real life. I don't Maybe know. Maybe I am backwards. This is my right hand the whole time. Yeah. My life is a lie. Problem solved. I really liked the concept of jigsaw learning. That was that was a pretty cool was, solution to yeah. like the terrible environment that is competitive school. Mm-hmm. So to summarize this part of the book, they started talking about um, desegregation efforts. Yeah. Where they would bring multiple ethnicities into contact with each other, and what they found is people aren't getting along. Yeah, they and thought it would be like, you're familiar now, yeah. and that's all you need. So the the whole theory in the beginning was a simple, if you're in contact with somebody more often, you will come to like them. But what turns out is that if you're in contact with somebody in a normal school setting, you end up not liking them as much, because at first, people naturally still form into their ethnic cliques. Which they definitely then do. you have a competitive classroom environment where the people who are smarter are going to have their hands up and they want to get the teacher's approval the whole time. And the people who don't know the answers are trying to avert their gaze. But in either case, there's never any teamwork. There's never any um, shared experience there. Yeah, It's all about like, I want the teacher's approval or I don't want the teacher's disapproval. So that just created a lot of animosity. And they had a great example where they they had these boys in a camp over the summer and they separated them into teams. Yeah. And literally just by separating them into teams and giving those teams names just started causing animosity. Yeah, they suddenly People, hated each other. Yeah, they hated each other. They started pulling pranks on each other, like mean pranks. 
all kinds of stuff. We got that tribal instinct. Yeah. You know, it's uh, not that helpful in modern times. We mm-hmm. should stop that, but it's still there. So then they decide to introduce some challenges where everyone has to band together. So, like, the one truck that could go into town for food is stuck in mud. has discovered, quote-unquote, to be stuck. Oh, whoops. And all the boys from both teams have to get together and help push that truck out of the mud. And I don't remember what all the other things were, but they, they came up with all these different scenarios where everyone had to communicate oh, I think and the work water together. was disconnected. Yeah, the water was disconnected. So they all had to get together and help fix that. And by the end of the experiment, the boys were, like, basically all great friends. They would ask individuals, hey, which one of the boys in this camp is your best friend? And at first, it would always be somebody in their team. But at the end, a lot of them were starting to say, well, actually, that kid over in the other team is one of my best friends. So it's all about having to cooperate on shared problems. Yeah. So the concept of jigsaw learning, which I found really fascinating, is they would set up scenarios in the classroom where everyone would be in a group, and then everyone had the responsibility to basically solve one piece of the puzzle or do one piece of research. And then in order to get a good grade, you had to basically bring all of your research together and create a presentation or get all the answers. And the other person on your team, uh, what they knew is something that you needed to know. And in doing that, they ended up having a lot better cooperation. There was a lot less teasing. A lot of the kids who felt like they couldn't contribute or maybe kids who had uh, English as a second language and couldn't express their thoughts very well. Before, they'd be teased, and now that the kids knew that their grades actually hinged on that kid being able to say what he needed to say, now they're actually yeah. having you know more patience, and they're, they're acting like interviewers, and they're being a lot more cooperative. Yeah, one, in so, one of the examples, the, the experimenter was like, hey, yeah, you can pick on him if you want. Maybe that's funny, but the test is in an hour. Yep. So, <laughs> and they were just like, uh, we'll listen now. Yep. It's like you got to have a common goal. Have fun picking on them, but you're going to fail. So, and you know, that's, that's, uh, kind of why I guess people band together during wars. You know, right now, I, we haven't, we're not in like a world war. So there's a lot of that's good. division in the country. And there was certainly a lot less of it when the whole country was at war. And that's not to say that like a that's war true. is a, a great common, thing, you know, it's like it's a common enemy. Common enemy, you know? common goal, something you got to cooperate for. This section, yep. actually, if there are any teachers in the audience, honestly, I thought this was really interesting and maybe yeah. worth thinking about if you're setting up a classroom environment where you want to have people mm-hmm. interact better. Yeah, I thought this was probably the, one of the most useful yeah, for I teachers. I thought that was cool. Because learning about the, the jigsaw learning thing, I don't remember doing a ton of that in school. Like a lot of times I had the option to just go off on my own and figure it all out. Yeah. And maybe, you know, that worked well for me, but maybe that didn't work well for some other people in the class. Well, it, maybe it even, maybe it worked well for you, but you also probably missed some social opportunities that you would, like, I did the same thing. I was like, I'll just do this myself or with the people I know. And what does that mean? It means that, one, I insulate myself within a bubble of my friends and people who agree with me on things. Mm-hmm. And I don't meet people. And that costs me, even if I get good grades still. Yeah, exactly. That And reading about that part, just made me think of Twitter. Like, anytime, or just the internet in general. Like, we the seem to bad. just get into the bubbles of people who share the exact same opinions. And then the only time you ever see somebody with a different opinion, it's in some competitive setting. Even on Twitter, like, Twitter ends up being competitive, like, snarky quip wars. 
well, eventually. Yeah. And everything becomes like that. Politics, sports, everything becomes this is who I am, this is my identity, and if you offend it, I hate you. Mm-hmm. But if there was ever a cooperative setting, you'd probably get along better. I don't know how to make that for social media. I don't know how I to make know. it either. And you know? it's like the one, or maybe not the one, but one of the big flaws I see in the internet is it enables people to connect across vast, you know, disparate geographic conditions to connect with people who think the way they do, which is great on one hand, but it's a double-edged sword because now there's a lot less of a need for you to talk and communicate with people in your community who are going to be different than you. Yeah. So unless you really go out there and make an effort to participate in things with people who are just living around you, they don't necessarily have the exact same interests or political beliefs, then you never have to participate in any shared goals with those kind of people. So again, the only times you ever get to interact with them are when it's competitive in some way. And it just furthers the divide. Yeah, and you don't even have to have any reasonable... Like, you could think something that's completely absurd. The Earth is a pyramid. You know, it's not flat, it's not round, it's a pyramid. But you'll find somebody on the internet that probably believes that or will go with it. So no matter what your beliefs are you will find somebody who says, yeah, you're right. And that's not helpful for learning or growth in the slightest. Yeah, exactly. Got to do the camera one more time. Oh, no. Okay, and we're back. Though I don't know if there's much well, more we need to cover. This is like wrap up, basically. That's basically yeah. it. Bas- you know, the cooperation and familiarity is you like people who are on your side when you're doing something. Right. And you like people that are familiar with you. If you can combine them, you'll become familiar with everyone and everybody can be your friends and we'll all have the best party of all time. Yay. Yay. It's all going to work out, maybe. It's something like that. <laughs> okay, so to wrap up here, um, I guess the two lessons to take away. First, what Cialdini talks about in the book is you don't necessarily need to try to avoid liking people because, again, <laughs> it's going to be destructive. Cynicism has its limits to it really how useful it is. But when it comes time that they're asking you for something – Ask yourself, would I buy this or would I do this favor in independent circumstances? Or am I doing it just because I like this person? Yeah, and how long have I known them? Do I like them an unreasonable amount for how long I've known them? If they're your lifelong friend, you're like, well, of course I like them. But if you met them 20 minutes ago and you're like, they're the greatest person ever, maybe maybe you should think about whether, uh, whether this is realistic. Are they actually from my hometown? Yeah. I don't know. Who'd you date in high school? I'm going to need to see all your former addresses. Yep. I need to see your family photo album. I need to see it all. Uh, But the other thing is think about what you could be doing to make people like you more, not in an exploitative way, but just in a, am I being lazy kind of way? Yeah. Call people on their birthdays, compliment people when you notice something they're doing that's cool. And these things take effort. So I think a lot of times we don't do them just because we're very habitual. We go about our days and we don't think, to expend effort on these things, but they make a difference. And I don't know, maybe sometime somebody will buy a car from you. Maybe. If that's what you want. I'm going to be selling cars. <laughs> All the cars. Yeah, right when now. this business inevitably crashes and burns, because everyone realizes that behind the Castlevania poster, it actually is just a bunch of fidget spitters and, and minions. We got to go sell cars. It's the only uh, option. Only it's way good out. thing I know so much about them, considering yeah. I don't even have well, one. Well, look, most of them have four wheels count them one two three four okay and there's rubber on those wheels whoa yep now if you got a car with no rubber on the wheels it's a bad one hot wheels are great well they are great but you can't ride in it yep 
Yeah, I can't. Unless you were like this tall. It's a froggy freshly. You just attach them, you attach them to your <laughs> shoes like rollerblades. We should do that. We shouldn't do that. We're That's going to end it. badly. Although, remember when Tech Deck came out with the hand boards? Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> definitely yep, bought that's, two that's of them. That's what you do with those. And stood on them, and it worked, kind of. It worked in the school hallways where it was like linoleum tile, but then when we took it out on the blacktop, it just broke it. Yeah, it turns out Sounds about rough right. blacktop, not good for really cheap, like nickel. Holding trucks. human weight. Yeah. Holding human weight. <laughs> anyway, guys, uh, this is episode 195. So if you're watching on YouTube, as always, down in the description below, you will find that show notes link if you want to check those out. Uh, and if you are listening, to this episode then cigpodcast.com slash 195 is that url you should go to or if you're in your podcast app you can just tap our faces or swipe or whatever your app has you do to bring the show notes right up in your app and we will have links to the book influence the psychology of persuasion we'll have links to the previous episodes in the weapons of influence series and if there's anything else that we forgot to mention or that we need to link to uh we will have that stuff linked up so thanks as always for listening and we will see you in next week's episode thank you